It may be a bit early to give out awards here on the Off the Crossbar podcast because it's not quite the end of the year, but we definitely have one already. The nominations for Prima Donna of the Year are in, and they are Elon Musk, Cristiano Ronaldo, Kanye West, Boris Johnson, and Aaron Rodgers. And the winner is, of course, Mr. Arrogant himself, Cristiano Ronaldo. What? <laughs> what on earth have you just started this with that? Yes, I knew I'd catch you by surprise. I thought of it straight away last night after his outburst, how shall I call it, in that interview with Mr. Piers Morgan. Uh, I'm going to stop you instead. I don't know what I'm more offended by the fact that out of all those names, Ronaldo is the winner. Or the other, which is the fact that I'm the one that gives the awards at Air Sunshine. So can you leave it to me, please? You can carry on doing it for the rest of the year. However, I just wanted to do it for this week. Because, I mean, we can get onto the Ronaldo stuff in a bit, but let's start on a happier note before I get my anger. Let's be different to every other single podcast that people are going to listen to today. No, we're not talking about him. No, not doing it. I mean, we kind of can't. It's impossible to avoid the subject, but no, it. it's World Cup. I'm going to do what, exactly what I do with every single Piers Morgan TV show. I'm just going to walk away. Walk away, yes. ignore it. Exactly. It's the best thing to do. But let's start talk about it right now. <laughs> Before we do, it is World Cup week. We are six days away from the first game. It's still weird as hell that we are halfway through November and the World Cup is starting this week. I wish I had a sound effect for this. Is the sarcastic yay? Because <laughs> that's how I'm Definitely. beginning to feel now about the tournament. Obviously, when it starts, we'll all be excited and hype. But for now, I can't feel anything more than that. Even though I will watch as many guides as possible. Yeah, I I think I'm in the same boat. I think once the games start happening, I'll feel more excitement. But now I'm just like, you know what, I actually just, I'm not in the mood for it. There's nothing going, you know what, I want to watch this World Cup at this minute in time. The wall chart's not even up yet. That's mm. how bad it is for me. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't feel like a World Cup time. Does, does not it? feel like four o'clock on Sunday, the greatest tournament ever is going to begin. But, no, you just waiting for like, I don't know, I feel like... We're waiting for something to get that excitement there. I don't. What we're waiting for is the reason to come out to show exactly why it should never have been hosted in Qatar in the first place. Hmm. I mean, we can. We said this on Friday, and I believe last Monday as well. We spoke on many, many reasons why it shouldn't be. But yeah, it is getting. We'll to... probably do that again in the next podcast. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, World Cup kicking off this week. But let's talk about the Premier League because. Once again, this weekend's fixtures didn't disappoint in terms of entertainment and goals up and down the division. And it all kicked off Saturday lunchtime. Brentford and Ivan Tony, especially defeating Manchester City just a few hours, what it felt like after being left out of the England squad, he scores a brace. Yeah, we all know that the decision between Ivan Tony or Callum Wilson was going to have mixed opinions because they both would have absolutely deserved it. Or maybe the answer is actually that both of them should have went. Yeah. Because if you can play to Ivan Tony's strengths, he's clearly a really good player and can never seem to miss from 12 yards. Exactly. Like He's got one of the best penalty records in Premier League history if not the current best, because he obviously hasn't missed a penalty yet. Absolutely phenomenal. And he's the third top goal scorer already. Uh, only Harry Kane and Erling Haaland are ahead of him. And yet we've all looked at Wilson's, I don't want to say couple games form, but it really it kind of has felt like that a little bit, whereas Tony has shown it throughout the whole season. Yeah, it's been other players at Newcastle. Don't get me wrong, Callum Wilson hasn't been awful, and I'm not saying he didn't deserve to go, but I feel like Ivan Tony's more of a standout player in this squad 
at Brentford, and maybe that's why it, it seems like he deserved to go more. Um, but yeah, absolute credit to uh, Thomas Frankside to getting the result here. I mean, we spoke about as it saying it could potentially be a close game, and we weren't expecting a walk about for Manchester City, and obviously the result didn't go Guardiola's way. Has this myth about Man City being at home? Yeah, they'll still be like full throttle attack against teams who are just willing to sit back and counter them. But every time that sitting back a counter just seems to work completely against them. Yeah. Do you think they'd have cottoned on by now after how many years it's it's been happening? Mm. It is just crazy that they just seemed willing to be allowing these teams to attack them when it shouldn't be happening. And like as expected, they would have bulk the possession in this game, as you would expect with the quality of players they've got. But then you look elsewhere and you're like, actually, Brentford deserved to win because they looked the more likely to get the win at times. Yeah, well, you can have all the possession of the ball you want. If whoever's having the better chances clearly was the more deserving. Mm. I always say whenever I'm watching football, possession is the most point or, or one of the most pointless stats in football. You can't say that when expected goals exist. Well, yeah, that's also the <laughs> most... I think that is the most pointless one. But I always say, if you're watching it on TV, the thing in the top left-hand corner, that's the most important, and that is the full-time score. The clock. Because if... <laughs> Yeah, because you can have 99% possession, but if you lost 1-0, possession counts for fuck all if you don't get the three points at the end of the day. Yeah, no, it's right. And Man City, while they will do okay with that, a lot of that at times looks, it's going sideways. Mm. You're just trying to find a way to break a team down. Yeah. they They can do all the training drills they want to combat that. It's on the pitch is where... They need to be doing. I just wonder, are they? They have to be seeing this back, but surely. Okay. But another thing I've got to talk about is what is it with Pep and his reluctance to make substitutions because he only made the one, and it wasn't until the 86th minute when he took off Jao Cancelo and brought on Julian Alvarez. Why does this man never want to make subs? He's got the ability to make five substitutions in this game now. Why does he yeah. still not make them? I don't know, it's confused. He wasn't spending all of last season moaning about the fact that he couldn't make five subs, was he? Mm. <laughs> He's like, what? You, like, like this you is why I looked at that debate at the time going, no, you stupid idiot, you don't even make three subs now. Why would you want to... What are you questioning now, the fact you can't make five? Yeah, and me, now you're barely making fucking one a game. You're like, what? Just, it's so confusing. Yeah, I don't know if it's just because he feels like, well, if I stick with what I've got, we will get there eventually. Mm, but sometimes that set of fresh legs can help you and can turn a game around. Yeah, especially when you're consistently persisting with, I don't know if it's Bernardo Silva, but I actually think he's a little bit limited. Mm. And it wasn't really the best of games for Ilkay Gunda one either, I feel. Yeah, I feel like if he's not on it, then they're definitely... Struggling. Mm. Feels like a massive like drop off in quality if both of them two aren't playing. Obviously, you'll still get stand up players like uh, De Bruyne and Phil Foden, who had a really good game. I feel in that sense for City, but you look elsewhere and you're like, if everyone's not giving eight out of ten, nine out of ten performances, you can see the drop off in City, and you're like, this is where the changes need to be happening because if you've got mediocre gameplay. Fresh pair of legs might change that and you get the win and rather than end up losing. Or at least drawing. And we can also say that of their we well, definitely now title rivals because at least they're being pragmatic with their subs. Mm. I mean Arsenal, two 0 winners uh, against Wolves, Martin Odegaard with a brace. I think you have to really say they are the title contenders. Yeah, there's I mean, a calmness. And there's a calm, more calmness about them. From yeah. seasons past, they've finally rectified that issue that they were having, it seems. Mm. And all the signings they've made over the years have now fully established themselves. Odegaard is looking quality again. Yeah. 
Gabriel Jesus mm. is missing a goal at the moment. Everything else he's doing pretty well with. Martinelli's looking at quality as well. Yeah. Uh, but the only thing I will say... Even Jacker looks good, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. When he's not Jack's. throwing up at the pitch, yeah. He's, he looks like a completely different man now. Yeah. And I think, all, I, like, like, for his sake, because of how good he's been, he, hopefully it's not as bad that he's fine for the World Cup next week. Mm. He should be. I guess he will be. Oh, he should be. Mm. But the only thing I'm saying that could potentially hurt Arsenal... A, we've got, what, a six-week break now. But they haven't had what I feel like is their usual big two or three players having an extended period of time out injured, which always seems to happen at Arsenal. They always seem to lose a couple of players for an extended period of time. And Maybe. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see post-World Cup what... They are like, whether they lose players at the World Cup due to injury, obviously no one will be hoping for that. But say if they were to lose Martin Odegaard, uh, Gabriel Jesus, Martinelli, well, injury. I'm pretty sure they'd only lose the two. Odegaard not being there because of no Norway. Yeah, yeah. obviously Norway not being at the World Cup. But say like the first couple of games back post-World Cup, if he gets injured or the others that I've mentioned get injured, do Arsenal have the players that can step up and fill their boots in if they are, say, out for like two months or so? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know if they have it in quality, but they they do at least have the depth, as we've seen Reese Nelson could fill in all over that forward line pretty well. Yeah, They'll have Smith-Rowe back at some point as well, you'd, yeah. you'd imagine. And uh, then Fabio Vieira can come in as yeah, well. Yeah, he's looked all right. I think he's one that in years to come could be pretty good for them. Yeah, so I think that's my only... I think the question blocks. marks are actually defensively. Yeah. You do look at that squad, and that is my only question mark at this minute in time is with this Arsenal squad, is I don't think they've had a big injury yet. And obviously no team really has had a big injury to any player yet. But it, for me, it feels synonymous to Arsenal that they have big injuries come like the latter part of the year, uh, the calendar year and into the start of the new year. Uh, and obviously, with the amount of games they're going to be playing in the early part of new year and the back end of this year, it's going to be very interesting to see what effect that does if it does come and strike Arsenal. Yeah, I guess so. It's a weird one. We don't know who... <laughs> We don't know how anyone will be after this six weeks. It's yeah. weird, especially straight on, because a load of them probably won't even be risking the, the main players that have been at the World Cup. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's spin this on a more positive note, because I feel like we're putting a bit of downer on Arsenal. No, it's just Monday morning. <laughs> top of the table come Christmas. Um, five points clear at the top. Looking really solid under Mikel Arteta. And... Getting the results they need to. Uh, sometimes it may not be at times the prettiest football, but I mean the last three games won uh, all of them, winning against Forest, Chelsea, and Wolves. And I feel like, especially Chelsea and Wolves last season, they may have dropped points in those two games. So the fact that they're collecting the three points in both of them games shows that they actually are serious in terms of mounting a title challenge. Yeah, mindset I think is a, a big thing with it. As well, mm. that appears to have changed. Yeah, it, you know, it takes a couple of drawings on a whiteboard to get you into the right frame of mind. Then, so be it. Yes, uh, the infamous whiteboard. It works, though. Well, yeah, if it gets you the results, two seasons, then... but it worked. Yeah, the players finally understand what he's drawing after six we're years. We're all thinking, ah, oh, look at Arteta, what an idiot! But he's actually playing 4D chess. Yes. <laughs> in two years we'll be good <laughs> <laughs> we played a long game you know <laughs> uh, let's uh, look at the rest of the top four because Newcastle beating Chelsea 1-0 uh, great goal by Joe Willock yeah, it was lovely uh, absolutely. they look what I Arsenal don't... could have had depth and quality mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah again Another solid performance for Eddie Howe's side. It seems so weird saying Newcastle third in the Premier League. 
Yeah, well, of a certain generation that I guess is kind of normal after their nineties exploits. Yeah, so, but for anyone born, but also uh, the mid nineties, <laughs> yeah, what are it's you not doing normal. Yes, but I mean, a there is more than half the season left to go, so things can change. But yeah, Eddie Howe in just under a year, I think he was appointed December last year. Yeah, amazing! What a phenomenal job he's done. Yeah, just just incredible, and to think that he's gotten that out of a squad that is still half full of players who couldn't have put in any sort of performance like that under Steve Bruce. Yeah, it's it's light and day difference to different uh, the players and their willingness. I mean, it shows how good it is. The October awards were announced last week for player and manager of the month. Newcastle took all of them, player of the month, manager of the month, and goal of the month as well. But it's already started with Miguel Amron because he didn't score, did he? Mm, downward spiral. <laughs> Uh, well, you still have he got the assist. No, you should have. He didn't score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he definitely was involved in the goal. He got still, the assist, yeah. so at least he got me fantasy points still. Mm. But yeah, um, Ch- on Ch- Chelsea hand, obviously Chelsea fans are disgruntled with how it's going so far this season under Potter. Uh, they're eighth in the league. But I'm saying this isn't his team, is it? Did you say the starting 11 he put out? Hmm. What do they win? Yeah, when you've got Lewis Hall, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Conor Gallagher and Armando Broja in your starting eleven. That's an unproven team. Yeah, unproven Premier League quality. That is what you'd say is a cup team. Like if they're playing... Someone like Chelsea, yes. Everyone else yeah, that's... Go, that's probably your best starting eleven. but to a Chelsea, that's FA Cup B team. Yeah, and then look at the substitutes bench. Dennis Zachariah, Jesus Christ, that man might as well go back home in January. I can't wait. Is he going? To, he's got to be going to the World Cup of Switzerland, then. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that. Well, well, I can't well, actually remember making the point, but he's not playing. Yeah, he is. He's in uh, the yeah, World yeah, Cup. Yeah, good. Like, I hope he plays a lot and shows. That actually, maybe he needs to be figuring into Chelsea's plans a hell of a lot more than he is. But the fact that he's not even getting a game and they had a midfield because they played a 3-4-2-1 they had Lewis Hall and uh, left wing back so in that sense but I'd give him a pass the fact he's not getting a game over Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Conor Gallagher at this minute in time is baffling yeah, Gallagher's not been the same player that he was last season at Crystal Palace but I feel like that's also to be expected as well because Palace is a main man Whereas Chelsea, mm. you're not going to be that unless you take the the ball and try and make things happen yourself. But I don't feel like he's been doing that. No, he definitely hasn't. And I don't maybe... know how he's been called up for England, if I'm being honest. Like, the more I see him, I'm like, sorry, you're going to the World Cup. I know we're, we're very short on the midfield options. But of all the options, you are our best so-called option. But he'll be the main cover. Yeah, one, I don't expect him to. Probably won't, actually. Yeah. I don't expect him to play much. If at all. Maybe he plays against Wales if we somehow have six points. Mm. I laugh when I say that. Oh, yeah, I, I am with you. I may not have been laughing because I'm checking social see we haven't missed anything. But, yeah, it's very worrying that he's been picked. But um, Chelsea, the board won't change Potter this early. They haven't even given him a transfer window to change anything. If we're, say, 12 months to 18 months down the line and things haven't improved, then I think maybe we'd, we could start questioning Potter's appointment. But the man's been in the job, what, eight weeks? Six to um, eight weeks? It feels around that time, yeah. No, I'm not certain, but you can see what the charter do. Mm. But there's some teams that clearly will catch them out because they're playing players who clearly are not used to it yet yeah and it takes uh, a lot of time to get used to managerial uh, changes and all that uh, right round off the top four Tottenham what a crazy game they were involved with against Leeds 4-3 Rodrigo Benton scoring two goals in, within two minutes and Leeds finishing the game with 10 players after Tyler Adams picked up uh, two yellow cards 
this game had everything and then some. Yeah, mental like Leeds yet again, almost like the Bielsa side, in a way. Oh look, they're scoring all these goals, but they still can't defend for their lives. Yeah, and they, they've so far this season scored twenty two, conceded twenty six. It's, it's not good enough. Like it, it's that the way everyone's being this season. It's that sort of form that puts you in a relegation battle. And only three teams have conceded more than them. Forest and Southampton, who are both in the relegation zone, and Bournemouth, but that's because they shipped nine against Liverpool at the start of the no, season. Weird. I thought you were going to say Villa then. No, they've only conceded 22. Hey, and it ain't going to be much more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Benton Court showing that uh, maybe he needs to be playing a bit more. Yeah, like, I find Conte's selections weird at times. Mm. Like, you've got someone like Ipasuba who maybe should be playing a bit more because he's on the bench a lot. You seem yeah. to have these issues at, at like wing back where, you know, if, if only they'd side someone who had shown themselves to be pretty good at that role in the, in the summer. Mm. Get the who wants that. Get, get the wanted posters out for Jed Spence. He's gone missing. Gone missing, Jesus Christ. I think uh, it'll be easier to begin figure out the Fibonacci sequence and get uh, see where Jed Spence is going to be playing next. Like it's an odd one. They've tried, but they tried about Doherty out there, and he looks okay. It's because that is also his role, and he's pretty good at mm-hmm. that. And then they try Emerson Royale, Royale who's just uh, oh, I, I despair. I, I would despair with him as a Tottenham fan. Mm. Like, as Jed Spence even made an appearance for Spurs this season. I don't recall him starting a game for them, but I believe he's come off the bench for five minutes. Uh, I'm just having a look now on his stats. He's played four games for them. I don't, I don't know whether they're, I don't they're in the league starting. or cup games. Yeah. Maybe he started the cup midweek. I didn't notice, but. Yeah, like, it can't. It's not all on one player. The whole selections no. are mental. And yeah, and I always wonder if persisting with Eric Dyer still would go to costing. Hmm, it is a bit of a question mark over that. And whilst you're still going to get the goals from the likes of uh, Kulisevsky and Kane, and obviously Son when he's uh, back fit uh, for Spurs, it's going to be a different uh, approach to it. But yeah, I feel like there is still like one or two changes. Spurs need to make before I can say, you know what, these are a certified top fourteen. Yeah, but it's the Conte style that it's not appeasing on the art, is it? No, never has been. That's never been his way of management. No, I mean I can't criticise that anymore. So, mm. but uh, yeah, I think it's one where a few changes, maybe more signings, which even he's hinted at before. But even that, conferences. like, they, how many more signs can they make after the amount of money they just spent in, in the summer? Mm. I mean, they did spend quite a lot. I can't remember the exact amount they spent uh, this Wasn't past 200? summer. But, yeah. That's where they went close to the 200 mil. Yeah, I don't know whether they went... Something like that, minimum. Yeah, but um, there's still things that they need to, like, shore up and focus on, and then we can say, OK, this is going to be a team where you can see consistent results coming in and more consistent performances. Like right now, they're so lucky to be in top four just because Chelsea aren't fully at the races and neither are Manchester United. Well, they've played or a Liverpool, game more than Manchester United. And, yeah, they've played a game more than uh, those three teams. And if United won it, then Spurs would only be in on goal difference because the, uh, United's goal difference is uh, level at zero while Spurs have a plus 10. So that is really the only thing that is keeping them in uh, the top four at the minute. Yeah. So do you want to talk about Manchester United then? Are we there? Are you ready? <laughs> I mean, well, can we talk about the game at least before we get on to oh, the other stuff? Who gives a shit? <laughs> well, we would have well, been talking about the game. He's taking the long light after, after every other game. So what's the point? Well, yeah, I mean... Um, if you want to show, if you want, if you want to wax lyrical on Garnacho at first before you go into the manager replacing. Yeah, because I mean, 
a lot of United fans that will know he's uh, coming through the academy will know how phenomenal he's been. And these type of performances aren't new to uh, Manchester United. But it's finally good, great to see him getting these chances now. And what a week he's had in uh, the cup, obviously knocking out your Aston Villa side. <laughs> it does not help better? when you're playing practically either against 10 men or you've got an extra player in our goalkeeper playing for you. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's good to see him getting some uh, more first-team minutes now. It may be off the bench and like start here and there, but yeah, he's so, so good. and yeah. He's got something about him. Oh, yeah, he, he, the potential is like clearly there. And he's not like... been called up to the World Cup squad, I believe, which is... No. he has missed out. Which... It's surprising and also not so surprising, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's still uh, really young. Like, he's only 18, so it's not like this is going to be his last World Cup. He's got plenty uh, more to go uh, as long as he keeps his career on the right track. And he is obviously injury-free. But, yeah, really good player. Uh, very excited to see uh, what the future holds for him because, obviously, there's been a lot of talk in recent months of him uh, opening new contract talks with United to extend his deal and I think a lot of United fans will want him to be there for a very very long time because he looks so so good. He looks like the person that you should be firmly establishing as the left winger Yeah Because you've been trying so many people out there, you've got Langa, you've even put Rashford out there and Martial, but no it's got to be gone out sure, surely, so then you can put Rashford up front Firmly in his best position, which benefits Manchester United the best. Which we have been saying on here for a while now. Like, I, I feel like we've been up. saying that for the last two, I'll three weeks. Mm. Um, but yeah, overall, happy to see they managed to yeah, get the three points in the end. Uh, Christian Eriksen also scoring his first goal for Manchester United, which is always nice to see. Uh, I feel like it, it'd been a long time coming for him putting really solid performances uh, since his summer move and finally get the goal. Very happy for him. Yeah, and he's a better player when he's allowed to get forward as well. Yeah, 100%. And uh, he's another one going to the World Cup, obviously following on from what happened at the Euros last time out. It's just fantastic to see. Yeah, <laughs> so uh Actually, it's all about Manchester United. Before we get to the round and stuff, I'll just talk about the bit because I've just seen it on Twitter. Uh, why is Sky so infatuated with speed? I have no idea. They just seem to love the man. He's like, absent. So weird. I mean, it's yeah. proven that, like, I feel like anyone listening to this podcast somehow doesn't it? The guy is just a character. I don't think that's how he actually is. Like, it's just a comedy character. I'm hoping so because I oh, know I think it was proven that it was. I'd seen some. Uh, I was gonna say because not that there's anything wrong with being on like having uh mental problems, everyone does ADHD, but if that's he, he has an like an ADHD type character personality about him. <laughs> it's it's weird though, because he's probably the first YouTuber that everyone finds popular that I'm going, eh? <laughs> Oh, am I showing my yeah. age now? Why does everyone like this guy? But the more stuff I see, I go, oh, no, I get it. <laughs> so that's quite funny. Yeah, he, he plays up to his character really, really well. There was three things that I saw. The first one, Jeff Shreves. Yeah. I just sees the two you just starts crawling up into a ball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, earlier, before that, when he arrived yeah. at the ground, he was wearing a Fulham shirt. Which I thought was brilliant. Um, yeah. then, then he was in the Sky Studios. In, yeah, because you was saw quite Dave funny, Jones actually. recording. That was pretty good because they at least <laughs> got with the bit. Yeah. Uh, Louis, could, did you see what he called Louis R? No. You didn't. Oh, didn't. God. He called him Pogba. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but it's not as bad as earlier on the week when he fought. Uh, Man United great Paddy Crerr and uh, was David Beckham. Oh, <laughs> no, no. Oh, that, it's a bit, isn't it? <laughs> That's to be a bit. Yeah. But that uh, wasn't even the best one this weekend. Because did you see the clip of him meeting Roy Hodgson? 
No, I don't think I did actually. Well, it went about as well as you could have expected. <laughs> yeah. He called, okay, uh, already, he called him Roy Costa. <laughs> Roy Costa, is he in Portuguese signing for bloody... Like, uh, Roy Arsenal Ar- Ar- almost definitely doesn't have a fucking clue who this guy is. God, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's, it's whole, it's just whole, the whole thing was weird. It's probably a video yeah. that he's done for it. I haven't checked that out, mm-hmm. but yeah. And I've just seen a clip of Gary's on the uh, classic football shirts thing with the guy from Away Days. And he's, and he's wearing a Burnley shirt. Oh, Jesus Christ. Glory says, honestly, Burnley go top of the league and now he's all on the Burnley hog train. <laughs> Hang on, we'll get to the championship a bit later. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the big problem. The arrogance, the stupidity, the moronicness of Cristiano Ronaldo. So, yeah. Yeah. 10 o'clock Sunday comes around, Piers Morgan tweets, he's got a world exclusive with Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, when that man tweets, nobody listens genuinely because he's an arsehole. I find that only Gary Lineker is listening. Well, that's because he's also a joint arsehole at times. Oh, no. Out of the two, you can't be saying Gary Lineker is the arsehole. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Gary Lineker has his own level of arsehole, which is to- tolerable, and I can stand him. Piers Morgan, whole different atmosphere of arsehole, not better. Like, there's too many words. We'd be bleeping out the whole episode for the rest of the time if I had the rest of my expletives uh well, unfortunately, unfortunately whoever edits this podcast can't be fucking asked so <laughs> yes um anyway so he comes out with an and i like my monday afternoon so you can piss off <laughs> <laughs> yes uh so he comes out saying all this like how he feels betrayed by the club and uh the stuff hasn't improved and everything everyone's putting the blame against him and this that, and the other i was like hmm quite timely so Eric Ten Hag has done his last press conference Saturday evening for six weeks, so he won't come out with anything. Sunday obviously... evening. But... Yeah, Sunday evening. Sorry, Saturday Sunday evening. So he's not going to do any more press conferences now until pre-whatever Carabao Cup game is, or whether he does any for the friendlies that we've got in December against Cadiz, and I can't remember the other Spanish team that are playing. Are so Spanish this, teams coming over to England for the pre-season? Probably. Well, it's not pre-season. Could these be you lot? Villarreal coming for Villa? Uh, I know United have got another Spanish team, but I can't remember who the hell it is. No. But either way, it, it feels timed, this from Ronaldo. Oh, yeah. Like, Firstly, you have to get this off the bat. If you, in your mind, feel right... I've got to get everything off my chest now. It's time. I need mm. to say something. I've been quiet for too long. Dolls the phone. Hello, Piers. Yes. <laughs> mm. Of all the people you have an interview with, Piers Morgan just is the one. It's the son as well. The son. Mm. For God's sake. You're not winning yeah. any arguments. No one's backing you. Mm. Well, no sane and, person who is looking at it at the full perspective, I don't believe, is backing you. All the Ronaldo, proper Ronaldo fans probably will be fully behind him. Right. And the odd thing is, when you look at the quotes, some of them, I guess I could sort of see where he's coming from, i.e. the the direction of Manchester United. We all know the problem is the Glazers, and yeah, he's right that things probably have not changed since Ferguson left. Yeah. That, that, that's that been case in point and all United fans know that and the club has been in a downward spiral post-Ferguson. Now the stuff at Carrington and possibly Old Trafford when he's talking about facilities haven't been upgraded, we don't know that. There's probably about 100 people in the world that do know that and that's the people that work in at Carrington, including players on a day-in, day-out basis. So we don't know whether there's any truth in that or whether there was any, a need for any change in that sense. Yeah, it was it was funny what he was saying. Yeah, every, everything else is so old, but the even the even the catering side, not the people working there though, they're really nice. <laughs> mm. 
Um, and then just the things he's saying, like he's saying he has no respect for Eric Ten Hag. Like, why? There's no need to come out with this. Yeah, I'd like to think that surely they've had at least a conversation before they've come out this and Eric Ten Hag hasn't just gone, nope, don't want him. No, well, from what I'm reading this morning, apparently Ten Hag is furious, and he didn't expect any of this to come out. Well, what, what do you expect? Mm. I'd be fucking, I'd be furious. Yeah, some I'd be breaking his dressing, his, his lone dressing room that he probably has right now. Mm. Uh, and then I'd be it, doing, you know, it's that video it's the guy trying to get in the door <laughs> he taps the code in I'd be doing that right now with Cristiano Ronaldo change the codes yeah just wouldn't absolutely uh, he just shouldn't be allowed anywhere near the club now like you've disrespected the manager by leaving to, well pre-season leaving before the game is uh, over and then the other week against Tottenham refusing to come on as a substitute and then going down the tunnel and leaving the stadium as well. Yeah, and and you call, of course the big massive sanction that they gave Cristiano Ronaldo for walking off before that Tottenham game was to make him captain against Aston Villa. I mean, he had been fined a two-week wages, but also but then you gave him the armband. Like you can't be like it's just stupid. Also, um... they're going to make him captain again. Come boxing day. No, he, he he's never playing for the club again. Well, you'd, you'd think that, but they no, shouldn't have caps in after the last incident. Hmm. Uh, also, um, Ronaldo, who was it that was putting out the stories that you wanted to leave the club in the summer? It, I don't remember that coming from the United side. Yeah, did he no, fully that admit was... that it was his team that did that? <laughs> you don't admit yep. it. <laughs> yep. He, like he's can't leak the stories that he wanted to leave before the team. To, literally forty-eight hours before the team were due back for pre-season, he then spent the whole summer trying to find a new club. No one wanted him. Like you're just getting no respect from anything. What he said, yes, the stuff about um, one of his child uh, passing away before the birth, like that, I can say take that away from the footballing aspect and everything else that is like obviously commiserations to anyone that loses a child in that situation or any child anyway and obviously players and people should be given time off for grievance that they need or work around their grievance 100 percent agree on that sense yeah. and in that sense you should also be trying to communicate with the club sorry i don't feel like he's helped me out much here yeah like, don't go public with it because that just makes the yeah. situation 10 times worse yeah just go Literally, not going to gaffer store. Gaffer, is it all right if I take some time off? Because mentally, I'm not there, and I want to support my wife in this troubling time. But we've all been then... You can tell the man's not engaged right now. Mm. Yeah, but the other thing works both ways as well because he's talking about things need to change in Manchester United. And if that means me as well, then fine. Like, yeah. Well, thanks for admitting that because you are the fucking problem. I've watched you on a football pitch just stand there, waiting forever. Well, my goalkeeper Amy Martinez has just stood there with the ball at his feet. No, there's like a lot of time last season where he's getting called out for not dropping back, and that's one piece of credit where I have to give Ten Hag is he hasn't been afraid to drop him. Good. It's about time that Manchester United had a manager like that. Yeah. You need sort of grab it all by the horse and say, I'm implementing this vision. We're going to do it. It's going to take time. But this mm-hmm. is how we get Manchester United back to some sort of quality level. Consistent. Yeah. It's my way or the highway. And if you don't like it, then fuck off. Yeah. And unlike the others, this one actually has signs of it working. Yeah. He's got players playing his way. He's getting the respect from the players. Well, unless you don't even maybe. But... <laughs> yeah, but again, he said... he. For Donny van der Beek, there is a way of him getting in. He's just got to buckle up and get his ideas right. I forgot he was playing in those two games against Villa, to be honest. Yeah, I had as well. But for me, I don't want to rant on this Ronaldo stuff for too long because I'll be out of breath uh, for the rest of the week. But it's just so disrespectful. Yeah, like the club has given him everything. everything. He'll probably say... 
it's Ferguson. Like his his anger's not with Ferguson. That's... No, he even said it like it's not down to Sir Alex. Like he even said it in uh, the interview as well, and that he has it, so he much. He pretty much admitted the only reason he signed for Manchester United was because of Ferguson. Yeah, which we all knew anyway. Yeah, like why bother then? Hmm. Just stay in Italy. Is his is his whole football career just judged by the fact that he does whatever Sir Alex Ferguson wants him to do? Oh yeah, it seems to be the way. But I mean, you can respect the guy, but he doesn't. Time. You don't need him to make your decisions for you. Hmm. But I feel like there was even talk when he in his letter time at Juventus, and even like the first season he'd came back to United, there was rumours and stories from like Gigi Buffon talking about like how he seems to be like. More of a troublemaker than a. You just you pro- see him on the pitch right now. You, he wants a team that plays to his style. Yeah, his style is so anti, like modern day football right now. That mm. of course he's completely gone off track. Yeah, and that's why I think it could be a problem for Portugal come uh, the World Cup because if they're trying to play to his legacy, they ain't going to win it the tournament or go really far so unless you're down Dublin of course oh yeah I, but for me I can't so this man was on the BBC and he said this thing <laughs> yeah oh god the whole the whole prediction was mental yeah but um final thing Ronaldo um I think Ben Foster said it perfectly this morning it's the final nail in his coffin at United and he, you would think there'll be there'll be diehard Ronaldo and Man United fans that are like, oh, his legacy is great and everything he did during his spell was fantastic, but he has tarnished it now. Mm. Like no respectable football fan, Man United fan, unless you know, say, oh, show speed, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I said respectable. Hey, hey, listen, I'm sure he's a lovely man. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's just. He, everything there he's ruined for no reason he could have just stayed quiet and then asked to leave in January or be released from his contract if he didn't want to stay at the club do it in a respectable manner but that interview lost all respect for me mm. and somebody's, saying, not, like, somebody's not being invited back to the Man United Legends again <laughs> and we did out last night you may have seen it respect is given to those that deserve it not to those that want it. But do you think you're philosophical now, all of a sudden? Not philosophical, it's the truth. Fucking Aristotle over here. <laughs> right, anyway, let's finish off with a quick rundown of the rest of the Premier League's action this past weekend. So uh, the other game yesterday saw your Aston Villa come back from 1-0 down to beat Brighton and Hove Albion 2-1 with a Danny Ings brace. Yeah, I don't know how, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. If, if this I was is the very sign of, surprised. If this is the sign of what's to come, Unai Emery's shithouse villains, then strap me in. <laughs> I'm all for it. But also, keep an eye on your heart, because your heart rate won't be able to take it. Oh, no, John, this is the first time, I think, I looked at that first Brighton goal and went, yeah, <laughs> that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised that happened, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there's you calling at me in the messenger. Like, you know, you still think Douglas Louise should have been called up to the World Cup, you should, yeah? And then go and look at that second goal. <laughs> Douglas Louise is amazing. <laughs> Sorry, what's Fred doing right now? No, I actually have no idea. Exactly. Call at me in the messages. You best not miss. <laughs> <laughs> right, so anyway... Uh... Leicester managed to beat West Ham United 2-0 with Harvey Barnes and James Madison scoring. Potential Wolverine times for West Ham. I asked you this yesterday, uh, Saturday and I was like, is it because their focus seems to be on the Europa Conference League now or is Moyes running out of time? I always hate doing this, but you could always compare him to Gareth Southgate in this case. But he's got the ammunition in the locker to say, I've done all this. You can't just get rid of me. Mm. But if this carries on into next year, then yeah, questions will start coming. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's three a quality squad that he's got. Yeah, three league games in a row now. Uh, 
without winning, only scoring once, and that was uh, the other week against Crystal Palace in a 2-1 defeat. It is a bit boring. Like, yes, there's the finished top of their group, the perfect uh, record in the Europa Conference League, but league form now, one point outside the relegation zone. It's not looking good times in the league, at least for... Uh, West Ham and you're going to be hoping that a turnaround post-Christmas is coming. No, it's very alarming, really. And I also, mm-hmm. also look at their depth almost as well. I don't think it's strong enough. They can afford to play the the fringe players in the Conference League because the quality of the Conference League is pathetic. Yeah. So, yeah, they get away with it in that. But it just sorts off. Mm. Not happening, uh, really, is it? Yeah, Forrest managed to beat Crystal Palace one Morgan Gibbs White scoring the sole goal in that one. Uh, Liverpool beat Nathan Jones's Southampton three uh, one. Darwin Nunez scoring two goals in that game. Uh, Nunez over Harland. He scored more goals than him in the last couple of weeks. So you know. <laughs> yes. And... Captain Nunez, a fantasy team. Okay. <laughs> and a bad week for Everton got even worse when they shipped three goals to Bournemouth uh, this past weekend. Lampard, surely. It I is time. It, it's the old saying, you lose the away fans, you're finished. Mm. And I don't think it's Lampard who took the abuse. It was definitely the players in this case. Cause oh, 100%. I, I saw the, the players in this one. They've gone through six managers and they're still pretty much in a similar position from then. Ancelotti was the difference out of those guys. But the yeah. rest of it, pathetic. And you look at this squad now, though, and it's, it's just bank average players. Yeah. Uh, the odd exceptions. Anana is definitely one. Name another, though. Other than An- Anthony Gordon, when he's on it, looks like he's got something. But Anthony Gordon, I get. I'll get Jack Greenish vibes off him. Like you have, you've got quality. You should be doing this, but you, you're clearly a bit of an arsehole. Yeah, he thinks he's better than he actually is. Like, but for me, I, just, I look at this Everton squad and like, should they actually be higher when they where they than where they are? You're like, you no, know, because I don't think they Premier League manager. From, yeah, they didn't improve massively. And some Onana was the only real like massive zone in there, mate. Hmm. And then Stroud Force is the same over the Mopai. I think he would never lit it up for Brighton. No. I mean, how long? Do, I feel like he had like a 10 to 12 game streak uh, when he was at Brighton where he just didn't score. I don't think Neil Mopai has been the same striker that he was in the Championship. No. Like, for me, I'm looking at this Everton squad and I'm going, you know what? You lot actually could get relegated and it wouldn't surprise you. Definitely the way everything is, they're just not consistent now. No. The only places they will pick up a win is the home games. That's where it's going to be crucial for them. Mm. I mean, but worrying times for them. And we obviously, we don't know what's going to happen in six weeks' time, but their first fixture back in the Premier League on Boxing Day is against Julian Lopetegui's Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, very intrigued for that one. That, it really is, and I would not even at the halfway point of the season, but that really is a relegation. Because I look at that one and I go, that actually Wolves probably maybe in the better position. Hmm. Right. Uh, let's have a look at the European leagues now. And Bundesliga, once again, did not disappoint. Uh, did Friday disappoint, but order has been restored and now it's boring again. Yes. I mean, yeah. what the hell's going on with you? I have no idea. I mean, you can't be top of the league and then concede three goals in the space of 20 minutes. Yeah, it was literally, we was praising them two weeks ago. That's what it was, we started praising them. Yeah, and then Blind back boss. to back, back to back. I wrote your abuse to at Regal Walsh. <laughs> And the fact that Vincenzo Grifo scored a 20-minute hat-trick. Yeah, fair fact. Just... aren't too bad either themselves. I mean, that should no. be said. Yeah, I mean, they are second in the league now themselves. No praise coming because 
we don't want them to curse another fucking oh, no. team. You, you suck, Freiburg. You absolutely suck. <laughs> uh, but yeah, very uh, strange couple of weeks for them. Uh, Dortmund losing to Munch and Gladbach on Friday, uh, 4-2. Dortmund, they're just, they're just weirdly inconsistent. Yeah, and that's been the story of their whole aura of a club, really. <laughs> mm. Since they last won the league, this is what Dortmund are. Yeah, I mean, looking at their record now, 1-8, drawn 1, lost 6. And you're just like, for a team of that supposed quality, and arguably, I'd say, the second biggest financially in the Bundesliga, they're sixth in the league. You could argue. Yeah. I don't know if about financially. I don't know how that works, because the way the German Maybe, yeah. system is. Yeah, the 50-plus-1 the system in the Bundesliga. Unless you love Yes. But, yeah, they're just really inconsistent. And it's going to be... if they, I know it's unlikely they lose Jude Bellingham come January, but come the summer, it wouldn't surprise me if Bellingham okay, leaves. Okay, he's gone. I think even if he ends up, they end up winning the league, he's gone. They can win yeah. the Champions League and he's gone. Hmm. They're uh, going to get their 100 he... plus million for him. And they're going to mm. put that into the rest of the team, which, you know, if you don't improve after that, then I don't know what to say it is. Yeah. You've got an but issue there. Been... Mm. I mean, it's also the fact that they have changed managers quite a lot in the last two, three years. I mean, this is... And I don't have any of them actually been quality. No. I mean, you could this is Edin... the last quality manager. Yeah, Edin Terzic is on his second spell now. This is, his, I think, first permanent because he did do yes, yeah, uh, like a caretaker spell. But yeah, it's it's really strange. Like the, their consistency is inconsistency. I swear they've had a new manager every season. Since it feels like it. I remember Lucy really and Marco Rose was last season. Mm-hmm. And now Edin Tezic this season. Yeah, it's not been great. Actually, no, yeah. Lucy Favre was multiple seasons, I've just thought. Was he? I believe he was, actually, yeah. I thought he was like, he came into the end of one season and then started the other. Yeah, did a full season and then maybe, I don't know. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bayern Munich continued their uh, winning ways, winning 2-0 against Michelle. Uh, Jamal Musiala providing both assists and Eric Trupamoting again. He, he's, he's really sure you don't want this guy in January. I'm positive. No offence to him, but I, just, I don't feel like he'd work in United's attack. But yeah, absolutely fantastic this season. Uh, also, six goals in the league. We need to start criticising Southgate for the fact that he just didn't even try to convince Jamal Musiala to stay English. Um, I know, what a player he is. He's quality. It pains me that he didn't stay. Like, could you imagine a mid- him and Bellingham in midfield? This oh, my God. Time? I mean, yeah. Oh, that would have been so, so good to but see. But he wouldn't have played if he's too quality. Yeah. Let's be realistic here. But, yes, uh, let's quick look into the other European league. Who's the Arlene in that squad instead of Gallagher? It's just <sighs> that's, that's it. <laughs> so much better. So annoying. But we should find another one, hopefully. Yes. And he uh, in... great for Germany, I feel. I feel like he will be one to watch at this World Cup massively. This is where he fully develops now. Yeah. Germany are to have another strong World Cup that they always seem to somehow, except for the last one. <laughs> yeah, I do think Musiala will be really key to this uh, Germany side this season or this year. He should be their next like, superstar. Hmm. Into Liege 1 now and PSG 1 5-0 against Auger. Uh Again, comfortable win for PSG. Yeah, the players again on form just before the big tournament. Yeah, as expected. Uh, Marseille versus Monaco was goals galore and Saeed Kalasnach actually turned, yeah. out, I saw that turned out to be the hero this time for Marseille. 98th minute winner. Yeah. And all the funny as well, the bit that got me from the bit clip that I saw of that winner was commentators going, Dimitri Pires on his free kick. Yeah, I think he'll shoot it. 
What? He's on the fucking edge of the room. <laughs> Shoots him from there. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Great game that was. And I think the rest of the league may be a bit wary of them. I mean, the in fourth place now and six points behind Lens, who are in second, which I think is the surprise of the season. I don't think if anyone you actually had took Lens care in League One. You'd be looking at it and go, sorry, what? <laughs> who were they? Yeah. Um, but again, winning this past weekend, beating Clermont two one on Saturday. It's it's weird seeing like them and Ren in second and third, and then you look at where Lil and Leon are. They're seventh and eighth. A lot of people, like, Stad Ren have actually slowly been climbing up the table. Anyway, they're beginning to yeah. the last few seasons. So yeah, they're maybe not as not as surprising. For me, their standout player, uh, Benjamin Borigo, 28-year-old, and he's absolutely fantastic. Like, he's he was so good uh, in the second division, and he looks so, so good now uh, in that squad. Uh, there was, was there any Italian league action this weekend? Uh, yes, there was. I've no, I've no idea, but I carry on because I'm going to find something. I remember seeing <laughs> uh, because yeah. Juventus beat uh, Lazio 3 0 with Moise Keane scoring a brace and Arcadia Smilic scoring the other goal there. AC Milan managed to beat Fiorentina 2 1 with an own goal from Nikola Milenkovic in the 91st minute to give AC Milan the victory there. Roma and Torino finished in a 1 1 draw. Uh, Nemanja Matic rescuing a point for uh, Jose Mourinho's side who. Jose Mourinho being Jose Mourinho got sent off in that game. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't the only thing he did this weekend, or mm. in the last week as well. <laughs> Someone <laughs> was very vocal about Tammy Abraham's absence from the England team. Yeah. And also him dropping, is it Rick Carsdorp? Is that that player? I don't know. But although I'm pretty sure he did actually take Tammy Abraham off in this game recently as well. So, yeah, maybe that does actually answer the time we have Ramos for. I mean, he went off in the 70th minute and was replaced by uh, Andrea Bellotti. But, uh, yes, uh, Rick Karsdorp, from what I read, he, he's, his time at uh, Roma seems to be all done and dusted, like he will never play for him again. From pre-match uh, quotes and post-match quotes he was given this past weekend, Inter Milan managed to beat Atalanta three goals to two with Edin Dzeko scoring a brace in that one, and a Jose Palomino own goal helped Inter to victory there. And Napoli continued their absolutely crazy start to the season, winning 3-2 against Udinese with Victor Osman scoring, which is now eight goals in his last eight games. Yeah, he's okay, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. I would happily take him at Man United. Uh, but that is all the uh, European action uh, from this past weekend. Any more talking points before we end off? Not that I've seen, but I'm hearing Graham soon. This is talking shite on talk shite. <laughs> Anything new there? Let's be honest. No. It was talk I mean, shite. But yeah. If I'm going to go on this, then maybe I can go with Jamie Carragher. And his commentary in the Brian Villa game. Well, one don't ever have commentary on them, especially with Carragher. But it's, it was just weird. Like, is it because I don't know now if he's now firmly establishing his position as being a Villa hater now because his best mate didn't work out there. That would make sense. But why? What's he, he said was now? Practically willing Brighton to get that penalty, which granted, yeah, you could probably say was, but you don't just keep going on about it, mate. Like, calm down. Hmm. He's a bit of a weirdo, let's be honest. Uh, but yeah, that is everything for this week. Um, it's going to be weird not talking about the Premier League now for a while. Um, okay, here you go. Uh, well, do you want this? Actually, I've just seen the ground soonest thing that everyone's getting mad about. And well, it's this, this is when you know he's just playing it because I you can't believe this, surely. The man has said that. Uh, so Jim White has asked him that surely you can no longer defend Ronaldo after this and soon has to replied, I certainly do. The player has a grievance and he's entitled to air it. 
Graham Sears is backing a Manchester United player. The world's gone mad. Fuck off, Rock. It's just weird, isn't it? Like, you can't believe that, surely. No. Yeah. I feel like just ending now, I'm furious. Yes. <laughs> End this now. Uh, we will be back later on this week looking ahead to the World Cup and we'll have podcasts throughout the World Cup, not every day, but uh, every couple of days looking at all the action that happens over in Qatar. Uh, so make sure you are subscribed to us wherever you get your podcasts from and that you're following us on uh, Twitter at OffTCPod. We'll have updates and stories throughout the World Cup uh, as money develops and that you're following us on and are subscribed to our YouTube channel as well. Uh, so where you can also listen to this podcast as well. But until then, it's goodbye from Brad. Zip. And goodbye from me. We'll see you soon. <laughs>